Namaste. Welcome to Call and Response Podcasts with Krishnadas, where he shares meaningful stories of his life on the path of his Guru Maharaji and integrating spiritual practice into our everyday lives. Call and Response Podcasts is an offering of the Kirtanwala Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba, a great spiritual teacher of India. If you are interested in supporting this podcast and the work of the foundation, please visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. So practice, you got to do practice, I'm sorry, you just have to. With our eyes open and our hearts open. But through a practice, you're, you're, you get used to coming back from being gone. It's more like an ability to let go. Um, I'm wondering if you can speak to the differentiation between going after what you want, desire, and like a willfulness. You need will. You know, will is what moves you. And it directs your energy. Without will, you know, where's it go? What do you do? Whether it's you're trying to direct your attention, that's also your will. I remember I told this many times, but when I was in the jungle with this old Baba who was 163 at the time, he said to me one day, he looked at me and said, hmm, he was like, hmm, you have to develop willpower. And I, my first thought was, willpower? What do I need that for? And then he kind of went like, like he saw my thought. So he did something. And he showed me inside of myself what he was seeing. And it was pretty uh, intense. I saw that I was not, I was putting ankle chains around my ankles. You know, I was not going after the things I wanted in life. And I was all justifying it with, well, you know, I don't need that, I don't need this, I'm, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I really wanted things that I wasn't going after, things I weren't. When, and um, I saw that I had this kind of funny thing, like that there was spiritual life and worldly life, and that you could live a spiritual life and you didn't have to, you know. But I was in the world. I saw there was only one life, mine, right? And if I wasn't going to live it, who was going to live it? I was, I was not going after the things I wanted. I wasn't living fully. And um, that was a big moment for me. Willfulness, by that I mean, I take it to mean uh, uh, inappropriate uh, selfish craving about something. But not, go ahead. Yeah, perhaps, but do you think it's possible to experience like that kind of want and desire in, in a positive way and at the same time have that craving and, and wanting. So those two things happen together. Okay, let's do this again. Uh, so you have a desire for something, and which is called craving. Desire is craving. Uh, the issue is, is it going to hurt you or somebody else? That's the only real issue that I can see. If it's desire to drink a, a bottle of poison, because it might taste good, 
I don't think that's good. I think, um, can I elaborate? Please. Okay. So, like, if I want something in my life, if I have a goal or an aspiration for something mm -hmm. that's important, but then when I find that I'm pursuing it, mm -hmm. that I get caught up in wanting it to turn out a certain way, or um, yeah. I get caught up in what people think of me or how good I am in the face mm -hmm. of someone else, that's it. Well, first of all, uh, the one thing is to do is why do you want it? Do you want people to think a certain way about you? Are you trying to get something so that people will appreciate you and look at you a certain kind of way? If that's your motivation, you know, that's what will happen. But the other part of it is that, you know, as far as the fruits of our actions, we have no control over that. All we can do is do what we do, and whatever comes to us, comes to us. We can't guarantee success in anything, and we can't guarantee failure. Well, we can guarantee failure by not going after what we want. So it was my fear of failure that was keeping me from going after the things I wanted. And when I noticed that, you know, I, I was able to overcome that to some degree. But, um, yeah, that's good. Being aware of all that stuff that happens to you on the way to getting something is very good. Is that a reason to not go after it anymore? Not necessarily. Looks like it's doing good. Showing you, showing you parts of yourself that you weren't seeing before, which then horrify you. And that's very healthy. It's good to be horrified by things that are horrifying. And selfishness and greed and, and desire to shine, you know. I remember I was at one of the Maharaji's great old devotees named Dada. And, um, we, it was at, we were at the Kumbha Mela in India in 1989, <clears throat> and uh, Dada lived also in Allahabad, a few miles away from the space, the place where the rivers meet, and there was a big mela there, a big festival. So we were gonna, we stayed with Dada for a while, and then we were gonna go to the mela grounds and stay at this Baba's place, and so he sent one of his disciples to come get us and show us how to find it, because it was very hard. There were 20 million people you know, for, that came from all over India for two weeks, and then they disappeared again. Um, so the sadhu comes into Dada's house, and he was so arrogant and so had so much pride. It was, he walked in like, look at me, I'm such a great sadhu. You're just a householder, you know. And it was like, I don't get it. He walked in like this, you know. Dada took one look at him, and he grabbed me, and he pulled me into the back room. And there was an old Almira, you know, an old uh, cabinet. And he reached down under it, way down in the back, and he pulls out this key. And then he opens it, right? And he opens the door, and he reaches down the back shelf, and he pulls something out. And this is a newspaper, this old, funky old newspaper, something wrapped up in newspaper. So he starts unwrapping it, and it's this really cheap aluminum uh, lota, which is a, like a, a, a big cup or a pot, small pot, which they used to pour water or carry water. It's an old, it was all rusty and dirty and dusty, and, and he looks and he takes it and he holds it up to me and goes like, Krishna Das, do you see? Do you see? <laughs> no, Dada, I don't see. No, no, do you see? 
Do you see? I know, Donna, I don't see. And he looks at me, he goes, you don't have to shine. And he just wrapped it up again. Oh, he said, sorry. He said, he said, Maharaji left this for me. The last time he was here, he left this for me. Do you see? I said, no. Do you see? I didn't know. He said, you don't have to shine. And he put it back, folded up, closed it, took the key, put the key back under there and walked out of the room. <laughs> you don't have to shine. You know? Most of everything we do in life is designed to make us, to shine us up a little bit so people will like us and look at us and appreciate us more and we get some attention, some affection. You know? But we don't have to shine. We really don't have to. So, if you're noticing all the ways you're trying to shine, that's good. Otherwise, how can you let go of that stuff if you don't notice? Right? It's not going to help you get happy. You're just going to spend a lot of time shining yourself up and you fall apart. Your arms fall off or your legs fall because you've been shining so much. <laughs> so, desires are not necessarily bad. They don't necessarily uh, lead to shining, but they lead to fulfillment in many ways. And they lead to wisdom, too. Because you want something, you go after it. Look at all the things you're learning by going after something. If you stayed home and watched TV, you'd never see these parts of yourself. If you don't see them, who will see them? If you can't let go of them, how, could, you know, how will you ever really get what you really want? Since those desires to shine and attract this and attention and all that stuff, that's, that's in the way of real love. So. Dada was too much, you know. He was really something. He's, anything Maharaji said, he said, yes, Baba. Dada, you are an idiot. You never, you have no brains, huh, Baba? I have no brains. Yes, I have no brains. You, if I was your wife, Dada, I would have thrown you out long ago. Yes, Baba, she would have thrown me out. Yes, she would have thrown me out. Yes, you have no brains, huh, Baba? No, Dada, you have brains. And then he goes, Dada, I have plenty of brains. Yes, Baba, you have plenty of brains. Yes, you have brains too, Dada. Yes, Baba, I have brains too. It, it didn't matter what Maharaji said, Dada. He just said, yes, Baba, you know. It was unbelievable. We used to, he would be with Maharaji from morning to night, and from most of his life he was a smoker, a heavy smoker. So there'd be long periods where he'd be with Maharaji, he couldn't smoke. So Maharaji would go like, like go take your two minutes. So he would run to our room in the back. We always had a, an ashtray, his favorite brand of cigarette, and some chai ready for him. And he would come in, and he would start smoking cigarettes and drinking chai and telling us Maharaji stories like this. That. And then all of a sudden, he would, you'd see, like, you'd feel and start to move. And you'd see that he was starting to throw the cigarette down, you know, and put the teacup down. And then we heard Maharaji, da-da! But he heard it before anybody heard it, before it was even a sound. He was already moving in that direction. It was so cool. <laughs> So cool. Uh, one time Maharaji says to him, Dada, I could have been a really big saint. I could have been a really big saint, but I had one fault. 
What's that, Baba? Too much compassion. <laughs> really? When he said a really big saint, he was, you know, walked around those fancy clothes and drove big cars and, you know, had thousands and millions of disciples and everything that. He was just so far beyond that shit, it's unbelievable. Everywhere he sat down, whoosh, it became a town. People showed up from everywhere. How did they know he was there? Whoosh, like this. Un he couldn't stay in one place. He couldn't stay in one place. They used to call him Tatiwala Baba, Latrine Baba. Because the first, place, first thing he would do when he got to a place was build latrines. Because there would be a thousand people there in one day. Where are they going to go poop? So he became known as uh, Latrine Baba. Hmm. He used to say, people, people come here and they think they can fool me. One time this group of people came uh, and they wanted, uh, they wanted to use Maharaji's name to raise money for a school, which is a good thing to do for kids, start a school. But for some reason he didn't give them permission. And when they left, he, he said, you know, people come here, they think they can fool me. I go on fooling the whole world, and people think they can fool me. And he just kind of went, he could see everything, he knew everything. It was, about us, and he still loved us. That's a fucking miracle. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a miracle. That's the miracle of love. Unconditional love. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Kirtan Mala Foundation. Krishnadas is renowned for leading Kirtan, the spiritual practice of chanting, and workshops around the world. For more information about him, including upcoming events, please visit krishnadas.com, K-R-I-S-H-N-A-D-A-S.com. We also invite you to visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H-foundation.org. Here you will find more offerings dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba. Love everyone, serve everyone. Remember God. Ram Ram. <laughs>